Hi everyone, I'm David Blindauer, and welcome to Conversation with a Manager, Stories from the Frontline. Our podcast is dedicated to the proposition that managers, particularly frontline managers, are key to an organization's success. This podcast is also in search of the best advice and counsel from experienced managers for anyone new to the role of manager. Today's guest is Devin Thorson. Devin works in the natural organic food industry. He's been in the workforce for a dozen years. As in the case of many of our listeners, Devin has both managed and been managed along the way. In total, he can count six different managers, each of whom had positive strengths he has benefited from and tries to emulate. Devin manages a team now, giving him the chance to put into practice the best of what he's experienced. He's an enthusiastic leader who believes strongly in building relationships individually to advance the team collectively. Here to talk more about his conversation with Devin is today's host, Artel Smith. Thanks, David. Really wonderful to be here to talk about Devin Thorson and his uh, excellent conversation. I say it was excellent because what he said to me, I learned from, and that's to me the hallmark uh, of a great interaction. Devin is a young professional. He's been in the work environment for about a dozen years in a professional setting. And during that period of time, he's had six total managers. So call it a year and a bit more for each of those managers. None of those managers uh, were in his orbit for more than two years. Each of them was less than two years. So he had a chance to learn from a number of different people. And I think what was really interesting about the conversation is that for the most part, he enjoyed speaking about the best manager he had, who happened to be his first manager, which says something about the importance from a manager perspective of taking the role seriously for whomever it is who has joined their team. Devin expounds upon that in a delightful way, touching on a number of different topics. Everything from the characteristics of a great manager to the characteristics of a fun and enjoyable environment. So my sense of it is that we're going to be in for a treat as we listen more to what Devin has to say. Uh, Your phrase about Uh, not necessarily being present in a meeting, Um, maybe a little bit uh, shy, though I have to tell you, I'm not sure shy really goes with you, Devin. Uh, That's not my experience with you, but I I can understand in the early stages of your career, especially your experience with a manager, that it might come across that you're uh, not fully present. So in fact, you were were fully present. It's just that it wasn't something, you didn't feel comfortable really necessarily talking and offering your opinion at that moment. Is that, that, is that accurate? Right. That, that is accurate. And, you know, along those kind of building up my confidence that they also worked with me to brainstorm kind of ideas and situations in our one-on-one so that I would be, be able to see the whole picture and then come to those meetings and feel even more confident. Like, Hey, I talked to my manager about this. He thinks this is a great idea. Like, boom. Okay. There's my confidence. There's my reason to bring it up and be involved in the conversation um, again instead of just kind of listening or waiting in the back for me basically being told what to do um, which isn't isn't very fun for for anybody i feel like you always want to be 
engaged, involved in the conversation. Yeah, to- totally true on that. Totally true. So thing I know we would like to hear about is fun and positivity. I want to focus on the fun part here for a second, because I think we already see that you're a very positive guy and are trying to do the best thing. Help me a little bit with the fun and how do you try to infuse that in your work as a man, in your work in general, but also your work as a manager? So fun, fun's kind of a tough one, right? Everyone has their own idea of what fun is and what, what is fun for you might be an absolute nightmare for me. So it's, it's kind of a, it's a tough concept, but I kind of view it as, I say fun, but I also mean like enjoyment, having a, you know, feeling good, enjoying what you're basically a part of and what you're doing for kind of a good chunk of change of your life. So I was kind of thinking about this the other day, like assuming a 40 hour work week and counting the weekends, we're at work roughly 30 to 40% of the time that we're awake. That's a lot, a lot of time. And give like kind of given that, I want that time to be enjoyable and fun and positive. Without that enjoyment, just kind of think about 30% of the time that you're awake for the majority of your life, you're just not not having a good time, not feeling good, you're negative, like that, that just doesn't sound like a life that I want to be part of. And that's not even, you know, kind of thinking about or talking about the the other benefits that come from enjoying what what you're doing or what you are part of on a daily basis. My uh my generation and my parents never ever described work to me as something I should want to be fun. They had they had always described work to me as work. And you need and you need to do it and sort of uh, buckle up, buttercup. This is what you're going to have to do. And and it, and unfortunately, right, it, it is actually difficult for me to try to come up with fun things for people to do. And I'm I'm picking on the word fun for a reason because I think your use of the word enjoyment is absolutely correct. Um, the ability to make work enjoyable and fun is hyper dependent on the manager. I don't I don't think it's possible for a team member to have the entire team enjoy what they're doing and have fun at doing it. The manager has to participate in this in a very meaningful way. What's your what's your secret for bringing team members together and trying to figure out what really is going to be fun or more fun than what's currently happening? I think it, I think it also ties into to kind of define what's fun for for the team, because I would absolutely agree. Attitude and approach rubs off on others, and I'm I'm certain we all have experienced this. Um, the the vibes, right, of a gloomy and negative person, and just you can feel it, and it it doesn't feel good, and it can also rub off, right, and lead to decreased engagement, inefficiency, lack of work. But on the flip side, that that positive, enjoyable kind of vibes and approach rubs off on the team that way too. And I kind of going back to our peer-to-peer management approach and knowing, getting to know your team members, that's where you kind of understand their interests and their hobbies. And from there, you'll learn and you'll know like what's going to be fun for them. Like, will they enjoy going out and doing a 
oh gosh, what are those things though? Those like painting classes. Some team members might enjoy that. Some team members might find that as very stressful and dread it. And they would much rather, you know, maybe they would rather do trivia out somewhere. So it's, I, I would say it's kind of coupling knowing your team members on more of a personal level to help ensure that the activities that the manager wants to do to improve team morale, to have, you know, quote unquote, fun, enjoyment, actually resonate with their team members and that it doesn't backfire and do the complete opposite. It, it We have sort of met ourselves around uh, back at the beginning of our track because the building relationships component of it is the way you're describing it an important part of the ability to create fun and enjoyment. Um, to, to your point, uh, uh, paint, painting would be stressful for me, but but going to like one of those pottery classes where you, you know, wash it in a color and then someone else puts it in a kiln and it comes out really beautiful, that's not stressful uh, for me. But uh, many other things uh, are actually could be. Uh, sometimes I've been on teams sometimes where the, the fun and enjoyment that people all want to do is go golfing. And I can't imagine spending time at, I want to be honest, I can't imagine spending time on a golf course. So I would really hope my manager would have a nice conversation with me about how to have fun, but not do it chasing little white balls around, uh, you know, 18 holes. So I to totally get that. And thank you for uh, helping us to understand more about the fun and enjoyment part of things. You also said something about the, uh, a manager who comes in with a gloomy, rainy day kind of attitude on a regular basis. That, that can really pull everybody down to beneath the floor into the basement. Are, are you observing that as that has that has been your experience? Thankfully, it hasn't been a, a large part of my experiences. But I, I've certainly fixed sure or just on like on teams that, that meet regularly. And it it makes it really tough to even want to attend the meeting, knowing what's what's going to happen after it becomes a pattern. And it, it just like, oh, I don't really want to go to that. I know what's going to happen. I'll just wait for the notes, which there you go. There's your disengagement, which is not good for any productivity for any part of the team members. And it, yeah, it's just, and you know, coming down from a manager too, that's even worse because I mean, that's, you know, kind of your one-on-one, -on -one, that's your anchor. And to have that continuous gloomy mentorship is going to lead to the same feelings and the negativity and at the end of the day probably more than likely not going to want to be at the company for that long of a time frame This podcast is supported by NRECA, the National Trade Association representing America's electric cooperatives. NRECA's broad range of products and services include a robust portfolio of leadership programs that provide learners with the knowledge, skills, and resources they need to lead at all levels of their co-op and succeed in today's rapidly changing electric utility industry. 
Visit cooperative.com learning to explore the value of learning with NRECA. And we're back here with Artel. So Artel, you had mentioned to me that you wanted to elaborate more on Devin's comments about introversion and extroversion. So I'm curious, as some of our listeners may fall into either one of these categories, what are your thoughts on this topic of introversion and extroversion? Devin touched upon it a little early in our conversation in response to a question about his very best manager, the one that he had the most respect for. And the way that he approached it was putting the accountability on his own shoulders in that he felt that he was present in a room, in a meeting with his peers, his colleagues, his manager, but was not as willing to contribute to the conversation. And as he explained a little bit about what was going on in his head, it occurred to me that we're actually talking about the twin challenges of introversion and extroversion in the workplace. Devin, by nature, is really an extroverted individual. I find him to be incredibly socially capable and able to hold a conversation with really anyone. His lack of self-confidence in the early stages of his career manifested as introversion, but I think that was really only a ruse. I think it was introversion because he was less confident in verbalizing opinions in an organization and on a team that was not as familiar to him as other contact. So he hesitated, and those in the room over a period of time did not take full advantage of asking him questions and being curious about what his thoughts were on any given topic. Now, step in the best manager he had, the one over his 11 years at this particular organization who had the greatest impact. What did that manager do to help Devin become more self-confident and use his natural tendencies toward extroversion to contribute? He took him aside. They had a conversation in which the manager said, there's more going on here than the rest of the team realizes. It's important for you to verbalize those opinions on important subjects that we are considering. What would be the best way to do that? And the council came back as, ask me questions. Again, and with introverts, one of the best ways to get them to contribute is to ask curious, confident questions that allow them to speak into a situation or simply allow space and time in a meeting environment or any environment really where someone like Devin who has stuff to say needs a little bit of space between commentary from one person or another person or even the manager to get ready to speak. And I feel that that is essential counsel to any manager. In the United States, about Half of the adult population tend toward introversion and about half toward extroversion. It's actually maybe two or three percentage points on the side of extroversion. 
This sets up a dynamic where really, whether you're a manager or being managed, you have to pay attention to this important dynamic, which is ubiquitous. It's everywhere we are. It's everywhere humans are. It's in all events, all contexts. And yet it is still possible to ignore the obvious challenges that introverts have when they're in a room with others and being challenged to speak up and say the things that are on their mind. So you had also mentioned to me that you would like to talk about having fun in the workplace, which I've often heard the age-old saying, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And I would assume that this may or may not be the case for everyone. So knowing that, how does a manager bring fun into the workplace? It's such a super question. And, and the reason is that like anyone else on the planet, I enjoy having fun, right? I would like to have fun all the time and feel not only as though that I am part of a group, but together we can have fun in many different situations and contexts. In the workplace is where it gets a little challenging. Um, I had a wonderful leader I worked with a number of years ago. Uh, when considering activities for the team, she would always say to me, well, Artel, you have to remember, fun isn't really fun unless it's fun for everyone. And that is a wise comment when it comes to workplace dynamics. And it also explains a little bit the fact that the word fun is a tiny bit trivial in comparison to some of the other emotions or feelings that we may have. So what I'd like to think about is fun is desirable. Who doesn't want to have fun? But let's double click on the word fun. And what do we see immediately behind it? What appears on the screen after the double click? And for me, there are three words, enjoyment, satisfaction, and fulfillment. So fun by itself is potentially an umbrella phrase about the way someone feels at work. But what they're really talking about is, do they enjoy the work that they do, the people with whom they do it, and do they enjoy the manager who is providing direction on a regular basis to how the work is performed? If the answer to that question is yes, then I think you could make a quick leap to say, well, it's fun at work. And I, I would not disagree with that. Enjoyment as the focus area for a manager is more efficient than the word fun is. Because I feel as a manager that it's possible to create some level of enjoyment without focused on what I would describe as the fun factor. How do you enjoy work? Well, one of the ways you enjoy work is that you come to appreciate the technical skill that's required to do the work itself. And you have sufficient skills to make that happen. That's a big part of enjoyment. Does a manager play a role in that? Absolutely. They're accountable for making sure that individuals are trained, that they have the tools that they need, they have the technology that they need, and they have a, uh, an environment in which this can all take place. So that's enjoyment. Fulfillment, again, which is behind the word fun, has a lot to do with the fact that the individual, the employee, when they walk away after work, they feel as though they've accomplished something. And fulfillment, again, the feeling of fulfillment is a manager activity. Because when the manager sets up reasonable goals 
that can be achieved over the course of a work day or work week or month, achieving those goals provokes the feeling of fulfillment. I've been able to accomplish something. I've been able to, in fact, make a difference in the lives of my clients, my customers, my teammates, and so forth. So enjoyment and fulfillment uh, go hand in hand. And again, it sits behind the word fun. I think there's a third word that pops up in addition to enjoyment and fulfillment, um, and that is engagement. So the word engagement is a funny one because if in fact I engage with another individual, someone on my team, it could simply mean I'm speaking with them. I'm engaged with them and having a conversation. Of course, in the world of organizational design and organizational behavior, engagement means something else entirely. It is a state of being in which an employee feels satisfied, fulfilled, and has some element of fun at work. Engagement is produced through relationship building between the employee and the manager. When you are sitting in a relationship in which you know something about the other person enough to create a relationship and they know something about you, you then have the ability to create this state of being, which if achieved, has been shown to create higher levels of productivity, higher levels of profitability in an organization. So the logic again is double click on fun, you see enjoyment, you see fulfillment, and you see engagement. Those three things together to me are what make the biggest difference uh, for a manager who's working on creating the best environment possible. There's something else that might be fun to say. And so in literature, there's this fabulous quote in Christmas Carol by Dickens, in which the main character, Ebenezer Scrooge, is describing his manager, Fezziwig, when he was early in his career. And, and what he says about that manager, which I, I just love, and I wish that so many more people could understand and, and coming into the 20th century, now the 21st century could a, a practice. But he says this, of Fezziwig, he has the power to render us happy or unhappy, to make our service light or burdensome, a pleasure or a toil. The happiness he gives is quite as great as if it cost a fortune. And, and to me, it's such a great encapsulation using a, uh, 19th century words, but really to express the very same thing that we're discussing here uh, when it comes to enjoyment and fun in the workplace. What, what's your reaction to that? First of all, I just want to say I love this excerpt, and uh, Fezziwig is a funny name, isn't it? I also just want to say uh, it feels as though how much of what we experience and what we observe culturally can transcend time. And uh, I guess what I mean by that is that I had a service job a while ago. At the job, I had a manager who was always smiling. I mean, there wasn't a moment where he wasn't smiling, except for when things got tough. And, you know, he always had this sense of making everyone feel welcome and sharing some sense of joy at this job. And, you know, there were times where people were underperforming and I'd see him talk to coworkers at a distance 
and the conversations looked serious because he really wasn't smiling anymore. And I wouldn't say it looked harsh or uncomfortable because it didn't look tense, but it really just looked like the work had become more about efficacy and executing the task than it was about enjoying oneself on the job. And while both are important, the ability that the manager has to remain firm or flexible whenever the moment occurs, it's a vital aspect to the position. And as we know through this excerpt of Dickens, it's tried and true. That's, that's a super summary of it. I, I really like that, David. It's, it's, a great, it's a great way to approach this topic. It's why when we read great ancient literature, we pick out these little gems. And in those gems, whether it's said by Aristotle or Plato or a tremendous religious figure of centuries ago or a political leader, that we can find the, the wisdom that's in it in human relations right now, right now in our 21st century, which we, of course, think of as modern. Anyone who's made any of those wise comments, however long ago it was, also considered themselves to be modern. So that is also a transcendental concept when it comes to the human experience. And with that, we conclude this episode of Conversation with a Manager. If you enjoyed this podcast and feel like others could learn from it as well, feel free to share it with your friends and colleagues. And a big thank you to our guest, Devin Thorson, for sharing some of his personal experiences as a manager. Support for this podcast comes from NRECA, the National Trade Association representing America's electric cooperatives. Driven by member feedback and engagement, NRECA's mission is to be the trusted resource, champion the cause, and inspire the future of the industry. 